brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to Life Application with the Scriptures. I'm your host, James Dennis. Today, we're going to be talking about the Passover. And our lesson is taken from Exodus chapter number 12, verses 1 through 14. But before we get into our scriptures, we need to see the context of what's going on here in chapter 12, verse 1. Something has happened prior to that, that um, there was a conversation. It's, it's in the middle of a conversation, so to speak. So I'm going to ask you to go up to Exodus chapter number 10, verse 24. And in Exodus chapter 10, verse number 24, the plague of darkness has just left. If you even if you go up to 22, it says, so Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. Yet. All the Israelites had light in the places where they live. Easy lesson there. God's people are, are the light of the world. God's showing we are the ones living in light. The sinners are living in darkness. That's an easy application there, right? But look at verse 24. Then Pharaoh summons Moses and says, Go, worship the Lord. Even your women and children may go with you. Only leave your flock and herds, flocks and herds behind. But Moses says, you must allow us to have sacrifices and burnt offering to present to the Lord our God. So in other words, we got to take it all with us. Pharaoh is not having it. Pharaoh is thinking, I'm doing good letting you and your women and children go worship God. He should be grateful that I'm doing this. Pharaoh is, is entitled. But verse 27 says, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. What, and, and he was not willing to let them go. In other words, sometimes we believe and trust in ourselves so much that God will hand us over to our desires. That thing that you just dying to have that you don't need is going to cause you nothing but grief and, and woes and issues and grievances. God would be like, take it. You do you. I'm going to let you suffer the consequences for that because you're you want it that bad you're I, I keep trying to take it from you i keep trying to say no don't go that way but you that's what you want to do you do it and pharaoh like i'm king i'm going to be the one that controls this 
a lot of people like to control things. They could do it one way. They could go, hey, let go. He could have let them just go. But he's like, mm, man, I'm going to have stipulations. I'm not stupid. I let you take all your stuff with you. You're probably going to leave, and I'll never see you all again. That could have been going through Pharaoh's mind as well. But at the end of the day, he's dictating how they're going to go and worship their God. Verse 28, Pharaoh said to Moses, get out of my sight. Make sure you do not appear before me again. The day you see my face, you will die. Verse 29, just as you say, Moses replied, I will never appear before you again. Now here's where chapter 11 of Exodus and verse 1 comes in. God has already told Moses what the game plan is. So when you go from verses one to verse three, he's telling, he's already told Moses, you get the people ready. You have them go and ask for gold and silver from their neighbors. And the Egyptians are going to give them that gold and silver. Why? Wow, that's the stuff they worked for over the, over all them years that they was under slavery. They're going to get paid. And he also tells Moses, Pharaoh's going to tell you no. So it's not that big of a deal. So Pharaoh telling him, no, you, you, you can't, no, you're not going to take it all and yada, yada, yada. Moses was already prepared for that. Sometimes we have to be prepared for disappointments in our lives. When somebody do tell us no for something that we deserve or we should have, we got to be ready for it. We got to be, okay, you, you telling me no? Okay. All right. A lot of times we want to jump off the handle and, and get mad and get upset. No, it's just not your time, maybe. Maybe that ain't the time for you to have that. That ain't your number ain't up yet. But verse 29, it says, just as you say, Moses replied, I will never appear before you again. But that wasn't all that Moses says. Keep in mind, verses one through three of chapter 11. God has already told Moses, get the people ready. This is the preparation. You're going to go talk to Pharaoh. He's going to tell you, no, this is going to happen. So that's telling you that piece there. Now, when you get back to verse number four of chapter 11, now Moses is finishing his statement to Pharaoh. We're back in front of Pharaoh again. So Moses said, this is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn in Egypt will die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the slave girl who is at her hand meal and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt worse than there has ever been or ever will be. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any animal, or excuse me, at any man or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. Listening to what Moses is telling Pharaoh, Pharaoh has just got through telling him to get out of his sight. Make sure you do not appear before me again. The day you will see my face, you will die. That was verse 28. Verse 4 of Exodus 11, chapter 11, Moses is telling him, man, God is getting ready to take your firstborn. Not just your firstborn. He's going to take the firstborn of everybody in Egypt. 
Moses is giving him a, a serious warning. This is a man that just threatened him. And Moses then came back with another threat because God has told him, this is what you're going to tell him. To show you how hard Pharaoh's heart was, he didn't even get it. He didn't even get when he says it's going to be a loud well and throughout the land that's never been heard before. Then verse 7 says, but among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any man or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. God knows his children and knows who's not his children. Life application there. God knows who's on his team and who's not on his team. God takes care of who's on his team. You don't have to take care of those who's not on his team. He reigns on the just and the unjust. Somebody going to go, oh, yeah, he reigns on those. Yeah, he do. He does. He does. Amen. Praise God. All that good stuff. But God takes care of his children. You may win here. Right now, Pharaoh is, 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 is powerful. He's, he's, he's making decisions. How long he's going to be making them decisions? How long is he going to make those decisions? Because God giveth and God takes and God is telling him, I'm getting ready to take. He's telling you, your first son is going to die. To me, I would have been like, you know what, Moses? Check this out. Out. Just get your people and go out. Verse 8. All these officials of yours, this is Moses talking to Pharaoh. After Pharaoh told him, if you appear before me again, you will die. He goes, all these officials of yours will come to me, bowing down before me and saying, go, you and all the people who follow you. After that, I will leave. So in other words, what Moses is saying, oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me finish this because I got to say this. Then Moses, hot with anger, left Pharaoh. So Moses is telling Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh just told him, I'm going back to get out my sight. Make sure you don't appear before me again. The day you will see my face, you will die. Moses then got hot. Moses then got angry. Moses is saying, dude, you sit up here all barking all these, you know, telling these wolf tickets, as we like to say, talking all this. And I'm telling you now, at the end of the day, in verse 8, after this last plague hit, I am going to come before you and you're going to tell me and my people to go. In other words, you a lie, Pharaoh. Satan, you a liar, and then truth ain't in you. That's what Moses is saying. And Moses is saying it with conviction. How do I know he's saying it with conviction? Because Moses left there hot with anger. Pharaoh was hot too to sit there and threaten him like that. To threaten, Wait a minute, this is, this is a man that came back and every plague he done told you that was going to happen has happened. This, this Moses is powerful. You got some of the Egyptians that's looking. Whenever Moses walk in there, they're like, oh, Lord. Oh, they get nervous. Because everything he's been saying been coming true. You know, sometimes... Some of us don't look at the facts and the figures. Pharaoh didn't look at the facts and the figures. He didn't look at that Moses was bad in 100 out of 100. Everything he came in here and said was true. He didn't get that. He didn't see that. He didn't understand that. That's what we don't do. We sit back and we look at facts and figures and we still go through with something. And then when it fails, we like, man, how did this, why did this fail? Because you didn't look at the facts and figures. You didn't reason about it. You didn't understand it. You didn't have an open mind about it. The scriptures is telling us, man, you got to know what's going on. You got to look at the facts. You have to look at the figures. You got to know what's going on. You have to understand what's happening. If you don't understand, you need to ask somebody. You don't sit there and just bark off orders and just be like, ah, oh, I think this is what. No, no. 
What is it? Because at the end of the day, if you really sit back and think about it, Moses has told him, I'm going to, your, your son is going to die. And every plague he has told him up to this plague has came true. So why wouldn't this one come true? At some point, you got you to do some reasoning in yourself and go, mm, okay. Verse 9, the Lord had said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. This is, goes back into the backdrop because Moses has left Pharaoh. He's left Pharaoh and he's, he's gone. But verse 9, the Lord is talking to Moses and saying, hey, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you so that my wonders may be multiplied in Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go out of his country. So now the line is drawn. Pharaoh and already, they didn't they had their conversation. Pharaoh is sitting back like, whatever, get out. I ain't, I'm not, I'm, I got to stand. I got to show my, my, my authority, as I like to say. Verses four through six of Exodus chapter 12. Now we're into our lesson because you got to get the backdrop of the lesson. Now we're into the lesson. One of the things that God wanted the Israelites to do is take account of your household. Your house, your rules, your responsibilities. You know, we need to know what's going on in our household. We need to know who's in there, who's coming in, who's coming out. If you got a household, if you got people rolling in, rolling out, you don't know who's rolling in and rolling out your house. There is a problem. He also told them to get a male lamb or goat one year old. Some folks would say that's the prime in their lives. Just like they said the prime of of a man's life is age 33. That's, that's arguable. That's arguable. It's debatable. They're saying that when a man is 33 years old, he's in the prime of his life. Jesus also died on the cross at 33 years old. The head of household represents everybody in that house. So he's responsible for who's coming in and out. He's responsible for getting that male Laramie goat that's a year old with no blemishes, no defects. Right? And they are, when they get the account of the household, they are to determine how much of the lamb is needed for each person to eat. They are to take them out. They are to take them out until the 14th day of the month. On the 14th, it's verse 6. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Now, He's saying that Israel's a community, a congregation, so to speak. On the 14th day, God has, at this point, God has specifically says when judgment is going to come. He's giving them a date. Boom, this is the date. Notice, here's another life application. Even when you tell people this is going to happen on this day, you still got people that's just like, don't believe it. I ain't having it. I don't care. I ain't doing it. 
If God was to say Jesus is coming back on the 14th day of next month. Some folks would be ready. Some folks would be like, ah, whatever, man, I'm good. Heard that before. I would walk away. But God has told his people that they must slaughter them at twilight in the evening. In and in verse 7, then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the house where they are to eat the lamb. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs. While roasted over the fire, it cooks quicker when it's roasted over the fire. Why bitter herbs? Herbs, the bitter herbs represent the suffering, represent the bad times, represent some of the things that we have to go through. Verse 9, do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roasted over fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it until morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. So you got to eat it all. If not, just burn the rest of it up. We're not saving. We're not going to have leftovers on this one. Verse 11, this is how you are to eat it with your coat tucked into your belt. Your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. The people, he's already told us in verse, in chapter 10 or 11, the people are to be ready. This is all part of this. Get ready. Because when Pharaoh say go, you ain't got time to pack a bag. You got to go. Verse 12, on that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be the sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. When I see the blood. I will pass over. Then the Lord also gave them another thing. If you go down to verse number 22 of chapter 12, not one of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. So they are to eat, burn food up. You know, the one year old um, sacrifice, burn the food up for burn up whatever they um they need, oh, by the way, if one of your neighbors, the reason why they're taking account of their house, if one of their neighbors, maybe it's just two of them in the house and another, and it's a family next door and they got enough meat, they are to share that lamb and stuff with them. Y'all come over to our house, we're going to put the blood in, and y'all spend the night over here and eat with us. But you're not supposed to leave that house until morning. And God, this is the first time that God has really gave the nation orders of what to do this is what i need you all to do because at the end of the day this is going to show that i respect obedience those that did not obey god felt his wrath and that's just like us today when we don't obey god has given us orders of how to quote unquote stay in the house 
You're not going to always have a life free of sin, but you can do the best that you can. What did Paul say? I have ran my race. You got to run your race. You can't not run the race. You can't stop. I ain't running no more. It ain't the fastest. It's the one that can endure. And that's what he's showing these folks. He's saying, look, I'm getting you prepared because I'm getting ready to get you out of here. I'm not about to play around with you. This is the night that you all are getting ready to leave. This is the day that you all are getting ready to leave. Verse number 29, Exodus 12. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was a loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. Ooh, and specifically the firstborn in that household, specifically. That shows you how powerful God is. It wasn't that just somebody died in every house. No, they were the firstborn, animals, humans alike. Now, remember, Moses told Pharaoh all of this. Pharaoh told him, the next time you see me, you will die. Verse 31, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up. Leave my people, you and the Israelites go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herd as you says and go and also bless me. That's a man that's hurt. He lost his he lost his boy. He lost his firstborn. And back then, remember, having a male child was great. But he didn't lost his son, man. He didn't lost his son. And he's to the point now, he's like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I want you. I know what I said. I know I told you next time I see you, I was going to pretty much kill you. I'm over it. I need you to take your bad luck, bad news, but because you ain't brought me nothing but grief. I want y'all to hurry up. Get out. Verse 33. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and lead a country. For otherwise, they said, We will all die. That is the reason why God told them to get your robe and your sandals on and be ready to get out of there. Get everything packed up because when Pharaoh tell you to go, you need to be going. You don't need to go, well, let me go get. Mm -mm. If you ain't got it, you need to go. When it's time to move, we must be prepared to move. We got to trust in God. When God says move, when we study, and we look at God's word, and God's word is telling us what to do. We need to be obeying it and doing it. And we, but we have to be ready to move. We can't be messing around. We all know folks that sit around here and drag their feet and wait to the last minute. No, 
This whole thing is talking about preparation. We have to be prepared for what's to come, good or bad. You have to prepare your life, prepare yourself. This is coming straight from the word of God. Even those that don't think that God's word have any value, think about it. There's value in saying be prepared, be ready, be ready to give an answer. When you're at your job and you're working on a project and somebody says, hey, what about this? When you are prepared and you are ready to give an answer, guess what? Now you're getting a, you, your, your boss is looking like, oh, I can get this person stuff to do because why? They, they're prepared. They're ready. Every time I call on them, they do what they're supposed to do. See, this stuff written in the Old Testament isn't just written there for our amusement. Oh, man, the Red Sea party, the Pharaoh kick. No, he's telling you. You have to think, think about what you're doing, be ready to act and make sure you're on the right side of time. In other words, make sure you're doing the right thing. Because at the end of the day, being prepared and those decisions that you make, it's going to make all the difference in the world. The Passover. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of Life with the Scriptures. We'll see you next time. Take care. Have a great life. Bye. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.